Hello and welcome to Inside Motorsport. This week we catch up with Lachlan Mansell on the Shannon's Nationals at Wyndham and we'll talk, we'll talk a bit of Formula One news as well. I hope you'll stay with us. Lachlan Mansell joins us on the line now and Lockie, great to have you back on the show after what was a very entertaining weekend down at the Winton Motor Raceway and the resurfacing has really seen the times plummet. Good evening Craig, indeed it has, scorching lap times right throughout the weekend with lap records being broken in all five of the categories that were at Winton and the outright lap record which had stood since the year 2000 was broken by Chris Anthony in the Australian Formula 3 Championship, um, finally uh, breaking the long-standing lap record which had been held by Christian Murchison from back in the Formula Holden days. To be fair, the field wasn't great in Formula 3 on the weekend. There were only six cars, but the cars that were there had drivers of a very high standard. You had Tim Macro, who's two-time National Formula 3 champion, Chris Anthony, who's done some racing in open wheel series over in Europe and this year has come back to Australia to continue his racing career back home. And it was uh, Anthony who was actually trying to hunt down Tim Macro in the third and final race of the weekend, setting the record while he was chasing down Macro. So um, great effort from Chris Anthony and uh, quite extraordinary actually that we saw the lap times getting quicker over the weekend despite the fact that the tyres were getting older. Um, the cars actually went considerably faster in the final race of the weekend than they had in qualifying. So it actually added to the entertainment value because it built up to a nice climactic finish to the weekend. Track temperatures all play into a lot of the factors with those open wheel cars. Correct, it was a pretty chilly weekend, it has to be said. Um, and we had just enough sunlight to get some temperature into the track while the air temperature was quite cold. So that uh, obviously helped the performance of the engines and it meant drivers still had enough tyre grip to be able to carry the corner speed that they needed to, hence the reason we saw such fast times. All right, now also on the bill was the GT Trophy class. This is uh, amazing to think where this class has come from just starting this year. Yeah, so because the Australian GT Championship with the outright GT3 cars has become so popular, the superseded model cars have now had to race in a separate series which is the trophy series which runs as part of the shannon's nationals and two 50-minute races were held over the weekend we had greg taylor taking victory in the first race but in the second race he copped drive through penalty for a pit lane infringement which allowed jake camilleri in one of ryan mcleod's mark cars uh, the uh, V8-powered Mazda 3 to come through for the win in that one. With Le Mans approaching, it is fitting that the sports races were on the card as well. Indeed, so we had the sports races there and Roger Iansen took pretty comprehensive victories in all three races in the sports races series, beating his teammate Aaron Steer in uh, the brand-new West LMP4. We also had the sports sedans on the program and Jack Perkins came into the weekend as the, the man to beat driving the John Goulet-owned Audi A4 and actually extended his winning streak in the National Sports Sedan Series to 13 race wins in a row in race one, but then had mechanical problems in races two and three, which allowed the nine-time champion Tony Ricciardello 
to win those races and take the overall round. Back of such a successful V8 supercar meeting a couple of weeks ago, how was the uh, crowd? It actually wasn't too bad, just for something different. We actually made a free spectator entry right throughout the weekend, and a lot of families came out and enjoyed some cracking racing over the course of the weekend. So it was, uh, by Shannon's national standards, a pretty well-attended event. Also at the sister track in New South Wales, Wakefield Park, you've got a uh, a very important historic meeting coming up very soon. Correct. So we've just announced that we're going to be having a uh, re-enactment race meeting commemorating uh, 40 years of all historic racing in Australia. It'll celebrate the 40th anniversary of the first all-historic race meeting, which was held at the now-defunct Amaru Park circuit back in 1976. Uh, Really looking forward to this one. We're going to have an assortment of pre-1961 cars and motorcycles, so it'll be the first time in a long time that we've had both cars and bikes racing uh, on the same weekend at Wakefield Park, so it should be an absolute cracker. And it's going to be an event where we encourage people to get into the historic spirit by dressing up in clothes of the era. We'll be having vintage cars on display at the track, trade stands, all the things that people love about historic meetings. And, uh, yeah, hopefully some lovely old classic cars actually racing on the track as well. So we're talking 1970s now or 60s? Uh, Pre-1961 cars and bikes. So we're talking... Group J, K, L and uh, Group S sports racing type cars uh, and obviously motorcycles from that era as well. Mm. Well, the Goodwood Revival is certainly a, a very popular meeting where people just go out of their way to get into the spirit of things and dressed up. Indeed, and I think you look at the success of historic events in Australia and you look at things like the Philip Island Historics, the Festival of Speed and the Austin Seven uh, historic events that we have at Winton, um, Muscle Car Masters, Sydney Motorsport Park and Historic Sandown. Um, you know, there's a, a large collection of those historic types of events at other circuits and they're all very popular, so time for Wakefield Park to get in on the action as well. Mm. Well, I know your other passion is Formula One and we've seen a couple of interesting races since we last spoke and the last three are having pit stop woes for our Australian, Daniel Ricciardo. Can't take a trick at the moment, can he? Um, a strategic error by his Red Bull racing team at the Spanish Grand Prix which meant that he didn't win, and his teammate Max Verstappen took the win in that one instead. Uh, Monaco Grand Prix, where he was on track to win and win comprehensively because he had the fastest only for the Red Bull team to make what was, quite frankly, a stuff-up by not having his tyres ready when he came in for a pit stop. And then at last night's Canadian Grand Prix, again, probably didn't have the pace to contend for victory, but... uh, just the bounce of the ball didn't go with him. Another slow pit stop and the fact that he got caught up in traffic pretty much the entire race meant that uh, he could do no better than a seventh position. So mm. a few pretty disappointing results for Daniel Ricciardo, certainly not doing his uh, driving efforts justice, that's for sure. A flat tyre making him go from a one-stop strategy to a two-stop strategy uh, just really crueled him quite noticeably there as well. And, you know, amazing how quickly that smile comes back onto his face. Yeah, well, that's one of the great things, isn't it? He's able to maintain a positive attitude. Just looking at uh, the rest of the drivers in the F1, though, and it's a pretty interesting situation at the top of the championship points table because after the first five races of this year, it was all Nico Rosberg. And, like, he was going to finally get 
one back on his teammate Lewis Hamilton and take victory in the championship this year. But in the last two runs, his championship margin has come down from 43 points to now being just nine points after the Canadian Grand Prix. So Hamilton, who's won the last two races on the trot now, well and truly back in the championship hunt. So when we look at how that championship is moving on, there's plenty of races still left to travel because it's the longest championship in history with a, a major sponsorship announcement from Heineken showing that whilst they've been through a rough patch, things look like it's moving forward in Formula One land. And a brand new circuit on the calendar for the next round as well, the uh, Azerbaijan Street Circuit hosting the European Grand Prix. So that's coming up this weekend. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how the different drivers and teams adapt to that new circuit. Of course, we go to a lot of the classic venues as well. Still got the likes of Silverstone, uh, Spa, Franca Shops to come a bit later on in the year as well before we head over to America and then back to the Middle East to finish up the championship in Abu Dhabi. So lots of different tracks. Uh, tracks with different characteristics. It seems that whereas the Mercedes had a pretty dominant advantage over the rest of the field the last two years, this year their advantage hasn't been quite so clear-cut. And There's been circuits where the Ferraris and the Red Bulls have been a lot more able to challenge the two Mercedes drivers. So looking forward to the rest of the season, I still think it'll be a Mercedes championship win, but behind that, the contest is pretty close, which is good for the sport. It's made it a lot more entertaining for us spectators. Indeed. Lockie, always a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Motorsport. Cheers, Craig. Thanks for having me. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.